0: I am, uh, you know, it's funny that I kind of help teach weight loss because I love to eat food. I know I talk about food a lot, but I think most everybody does, especially preachers. Uh, they talk about food a lot. Um, one of my things, because right now, starting Thursday, uh, I call it the Diet Demon Festival time of the year. Uh, we kick off with Halloween, then we go into Thanksgiving, and we go into Christmas parties, and we go into Christmas, and we go into New Year's, and we go to my birthday. And uh, it's just like three months of just junk food. And um, I know at my house, uh, we don't have a lot of it laying around. In fact, most of it's put up. Because if I have a bowl of M&Ms sitting out in the kitchen, guess what I'll do every time I go by? I'll grab some M&Ms. I've kind of broken myself of that, but I will just tend to do that, because I love M&M's. I love chocolate. I, I love sweets. I'm not into tart things, but I, I will just keep going by and grabbing those M&M's. It's just a desire. I love I love sweets. I mean, how many of y'all, at, at the end of the meal, you just got to have a dessert? You just feel that way. A lot of us do. It's just, yeah, your mouth is just not finished until you have that dessert. And uh, we all have desires for things. I, I like to um, my, my lawn to look nice. That's, uh, I don't have the best lawn, but I like to get the weeds out and make it look nice. Uh, I, I just have certain things that I desire. I, I enjoy uh, just listening to music, sometimes chilling out and, uh, and just enjoying some nice mood music or spa music uh, or some classical piano. I like that. We all have desires. Some of you uh, have the desire to just constantly work, I tend to have that a little bit, workaholism, trying to break that too. Some of y'all have, maybe some people have the desire not to work, <laughs> uh, to desire to do as little as possible, uh, to find the, the shortcut. Uh, some people are desired, have a desire to make a lot of money, right? They, they want to make as much money as they can in life. Some people have a desire to get attention. They, they want to be known, they want to be noticed. Some of you have the opposite desire. You have the desire not to to get attention if some of you were to come up on this stage and to speak you would probably be sick to your stomach and knees would be knocking cuz the last thing you want to do is talk in front of people some people have a desire to be dominant they want to be in control they want to run everything some people have the desire not to be in control but to be controlled Uh, We all have different desires, and it doesn't take long when you're talking to a person or when you're watching a person to figure out what their desires are, because we tend to talk about our desires. It may not be foremost, but you'll hear about it uh, as you talk to a person or as you watch their life. You can see that, you know, if they have the desire... Uh, to, to work hard, you'll hear about all the stuff they do and how much time they spend working and things. If you hear about people who have a desire to have a great lawn, you'll hear about how they take care of their lawn or what they do. We, we talk about what we really desire to do and we act on our desires, right? Whatever we desire, we act that way. And we dream about our desires. We, we dream about maybe making some more money or we dream about maybe what it will take to get the yard better or things like that. Because a lot of times, for most of us, we think that our happiness is keyed into our desires. And a lot of times our desires are what makes us happy, right? I mean, the handful of M&Ms makes me happy for a few minutes. It, you know, sends out dopamine in my brain and lights up my brain for a few minutes and I get the little rush and I like that. Uh, You know, some of us, again, just chilling out and listening to some relaxing music. That brings you happiness and a sense of peace. So we talk about what we desire. We also, I think, pray about what we desire, don't we? Think about what you've been praying about this week. Lord, pray for a raise. Or, Lord, I pray that so-and-so will pay attention to what I have to say. Or things like that. We pray about what we desire. Lord, I pray that my physical condition I'm going through right now will be erased or eradicated. Uh, Lord, I I, I pray for those things. You know, when you're a child, you would pray for what you desired, right? I mean, Christmas is coming up. There'll be a lot of children that'll be praying. Lord, I pray that Santa will bring me that new shiny bicycle. Some of y'all may have prayed that. When you become a teenager, your prayers change a little bit. You pray things like, Lord, I pray that she will notice me, right? Or ladies, uh, you'll say, Lord, I pray that he will realize that I'm alive in this world. You might pray that, or, you know, Lord, I pray that our football team will win. Or some of us have prayed those desperate prayers. Lord, I pray that I'll pass this exam. (laughs) And we've had those prayers. You know, as you get older as an adult, your prayers change. Lord, I pray they'll get a job, uh, because that's your desire, or that I'll get a promotion. Or, Lord, that I pray that, that medical tests will be negative. We pray for... Really what we desire. And is it wrong to desire a job? No, it's not wrong to desire that. Is it wrong to desire promotion? No, it's not wrong to desire that. Is it wrong to be able to make enough money to pay your bills and, and uh, help save for retirement? There's nothing wrong with that. Is it wrong to pray for to win a championship? Certainly not. I don't think God really cares. But it's not wrong to, to pray necessarily for those things. But are those things really the primary things that saints should be praying for. Now, uh, I, again, this series has been our identity in Christ, and, and I've been talking to you as if you're a saint, and so again, you know that if you've been w- listening here, and I know a lot of us have been here, a saint is, is a person who has responded in brokenness over their sin to Christ, repented of their sin, and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And The Bible says that at that point, you move from a sinner to a saint, a sinner is an unrepentant person who refuses to acknowledge God and lives in their sin. A saint is a person who has repented and trusted Christ as their Savior. And once again, in the New Testament, whenever Paul or Peter or John refers to Christians, in fact, I was thinking about this this morning. Christ followers were called Christians in Antioch, which was a Gentile city. But when I was thinking about this morning, the apostles never called Christians Christians. He called them saints. Interesting thought, but Peter never says to my fellow Christians, he always says to the saints, so does Paul. He never says to the fellow Christians, he says to the saints, same with John, always to the saints. So a saint is a person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So if you're not a saint, you're watching by Facebook and you've never repented of your sin, you're welcome to listen to this sermon, or if you're here and not a saint, you're welcome to listen, but I'm telling you it doesn't really apply to you. If you're a saint, it applies to you. So, if you want to know what saints should pray about, what our desires should be, that's what we're going to look at this morning. So turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 as we're going through this text, because I want to talk to you that even though we pray for our desires and there's nothing necessarily wrong for a job and a promotion and all those things, that's really not supposed to be the desire in our prayers, the chief desire. That as saints, there's a different way we are to pray. And I, and, and I want you to think, and myself too, as we talk about this, what have you prayed for this week? And I want you to examine how you've been praying this week, and does it measure up to what a saint should really be praying for? So let's pick this up in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm just going to read the passage, and we're going to go back through it here. Um, And um, so Paul says this, I pray, this is verse 16 here, "Uh, I pray that he, God, may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend With all the saints, what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love? And to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all goodness. What should a saint desire for when we pray? It's very simple. We're going to flesh this out. He says, as he keeps going, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think about, To the power that works in you, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What should a saint pray about? Here's what I want you to know a saint, our desire, amongst anything else, is to grow spiritually. That should be our overriding desire. I know this sounds counter to how we pray, but our overriding desire should not be to get healthy. Or to be wealthy. Our overriding desire as saints should be to grow spiritually. Now, a saint should desire spiritual growth. Why? Because we're in a spiritual war. We are in a spiritual war. See, here's the deal. Satan wants you and I to fail in this spiritual war. He he wants us to fail, and one of the ways that he he really tries to get us to fail, is he wants us to forget who we are. When we forget who we are, we start to fail. Think about it this way. If a Navy SEAL goes in to encounter and engage the enemy, if that SEAL doesn't have the mindset of, I am a highly trained SEAL who is going to take on the enemy, if he goes in with, I don't know what I'm doing, guess what? He will fail. When that saint or the police officer walks into a situation, they have to walk in knowing who they are. Knowing they're highly trained to go into that situation. Knowing that they've been trained and know how to deal with that situation. Knowing that they have the authority... To deal with that situation. But Satan, see, he doesn't want us to know who we are as Christ followers. He wants us to forget that we are saints. He wants us to just think, well, I'm just a sinner. I can't help it. Because if we take that mindset, then we live in defeat. If we we take that mindset, we live in fear. We live in failure. So the chief overriding desire for us as saints is not to forget who we are. And we should desire to grow in spiritual growth and remember who we are so how do we pray though as as saints how should we pray well let me give you another thought a saint desires for other saints to grow spiritually Look, look at the text paul says i pray verse 16 that he god may grant you we'll just stop right there because who's he talking about he's talking to the saints right that's how ephesians starts off to the saints in ephesus So Paul says, I am praying that you, I am praying for you, the saints. See, I want to give you a challenge this week. Pray for each other. Now, I'm going to be honest. I can't guarantee that I do this every day. But at least once a week in my prayer time, mentally, I try to go down every row in this room and pray for every one of you by name. At least once a week. And I plan to do it a lot more. Now, keep sitting where you sit, because when you move around, it messes me (laughs) up. But I do. I, I try to pray for every individual in this room, at least weekly. And I plan to do it a lot more. Wednesday night, we gather together and we pray for each other. We have to pray for each other. I'm going to challenge you this week to pray for one another in your prayer time. Because, folks, we are in a spiritual war. (laughs) You see, here's Satan's lies. He keeps trying to fire at us. His lie is you're a sinner because you sin. His lie is your identity comes from what you have done. Satan says his lie is your identity comes from what people say about you. His lie is that your behavior tells you what to believe about yourself. That's lies. You see, God's truth is this. You're a saint who sins, but you're a saint, first and foremost. Your identity comes from what God has done for you, not from what you've done for God. Your identity comes from what God says about you, not from what people say about you. Your belief about yourself will determine your behavior. That's huge. What you believe about yourself will determine your behavior. That's why, when Paul's writing this letter in Ephesians here to the church of Ephesus, which was meant to be circulated to all the saints, he he starts off in chapter 1 and 2 and 3 reminding the saints of who you are. In Christ, you are holy, you are blameless. You are adopted as God's child. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're redeemed. You're freed from the power of sin. This is who you are. You have been reconciled to God. You you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are members of God's household. That is who you are. And I want to challenge you every morning. I've been doing this, and I don't know. You know, I've been a Christian for 40-some-odd years. And I don't know why. But every once in a while in life, there are things that just are those aha moments, and this has been an aha moment for me. When I finally started grasping who I was in Christ, it's been revolutionary for me. Because I, and I'm, every morning I, in my prayer time, as I get ready, I tell myself, this is who I am in Christ. You would not know the strength that gives you as you walk out that door to say no. It gives you all sorts of power. Because you know who you are. It's like a Navy SEAL. When they charge the enemy lines, they know who they are. They're not afraid. But again, if a Navy SEAL were like, I don't know if I can do this, they will die. They will die. Your identity is everything. So we need to pray for each other. Because we're in this spiritual war. All of us are going through spiritual battles. And here's what here, here's what we need to pray. A saint desires for other saints to be spiritually strengthened. We need to pray that God will strengthen us. Here again, here's what Paul says. He says, "I pray that God may grant you, the saints, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened." And, and anyway. Uh, look at... We're going to have to do something, Tom. I don't know. Get water Sound in here or something. But here, here's the deal. He is saying, I, I am calling... I am asking God to do this according to the riches of his glory. Now, if you've been following media this week or social media, you may have known that Kanye West has professed faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know who Kanye West is, ask your grandchildren. Uh, Kanye West is a, extre- he's a billionaire, he is a rapper, he is the husband of Kim Kardashian, um, he is a music mong- mongrel, I guess if that's how you say it. He is an extremely wealthy, wealthy man. And he has released an album this week called Jesus is King. And I saw an interview that Brother Rob shared with me with him and Jimmy Kimmel, and he said, I am now a Christian. And I understand that he is under the mentorship of a solid pastor. Um, And so I'm going to take Kanye at his word that he is a follower of Jesus. It certainly seems like it at this point. And I'm happy, I'm excited. Kind of put off by all these. Well we'll see if he's really a Christian. Look, if the man professes it on, on live TV that he's a Christ follower and turns out an album and creates an IMAX movie, I think he might be. Just saying. But here's the deal he's a billionaire. If I ask Kanye, hey Kanye, can I have some money? And Kanye said, Ah, here's ten dollars. Okay, thank you, Kanye. If I said, "Kanye, I, I need some money," Kanye said, "Here's a million." Two different things. When Kanye gave me ten dollars, that was out of his riches. It was just ten bucks. When Kanye writes me the check for one million, that's according to his riches. You see the difference? He's a billionaire. He can write me a check for fifty million dollars, according to his riches, because he's. See, Paul says, "May God strengthen you." Not, at, he says, "According to God's riches, not out of God's riches, but according to these riches." God's vast riches. And Paul's saying, I am praying that God will do this. And you say, what kind of riches are we talking about? We'll skip down to verse 20. Now to him, God who is able to do above and beyond all that we could ask or think. That's the kind of riches we're talking about. And Paul's saying, I'm praying that God will do this according to his riches. I'm praying that you, saints, will be strengthened spiritually because we are in A spiritual war. We are spirit in a spiritual war. Go back to verse 16. I pray that God may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man. Look, here's where this is at. This is where this is he's calling for it. In the inner man, through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul says, I am praying. That this happens inside of you. Because this is where it's at. This is a spiritual thing. And you, if you go back here at verse 16, Paul says, I pray that God may grant you. Now let me just pull apart that word a little bit. Because, uh, you know, we, the Bible was originally written mainly in Greek and Hebrew and a little Aramaic. And, and sometimes as uh, in English, again, sometimes our words don't always comport the entire meaning of things. Okay, that word grant is what they call an aorist tense verb, which means that it's a verb with action in the past that has continuing consequences. So in other words, Paul is saying that in the past, before God created the world, before the foundation of the world, God predetermined that he would grant you according to his riches to be strengthened through the Holy Spirit. God determined before he created the world that all those who would be in Christ, who would respond to the gospel message, that all those who would respond to the gospel message, they would be in Christ and they would have all these benefits. And one of these benefits is that he would grant you, according to his riches, to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. But that word grant has a mood to it. It's called a subjunctive mood, which is this. It's a conditional mood that depends upon conditions. So, what Paul's saying is, I'm praying that God will do what he's predetermined to do. Well, why does he just do it, Paul? Because there's some conditions. What's the condition, Paul? Well, the condition is whether you're going to believe Satan's lies or not. You see, if you're going to believe Satan's lies, that, that you're a sinner because you sin. If you're going to believe Satan's lie that your identity comes from what you've done, if you're going to believe Satan's lie that your identity comes from what people say about you, if you believe Satan's lie that your behavior tells you what to believe about yourself, God, you're not going to experience that inner strength through the Holy Spirit. You're just not going to experience it. It's there. It's been granted, but you're not going to experience it. So I'm praying that you guys will get it. I'm praying that you'll get God's truth, that you are a saint who sins, that your identity comes from what God has done for you, that your identity comes from what God says about you, that your belief about yourself determines your behavior. That's what I am praying. And so Paul says, I pray that God may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, these vast riches, to be strengthened through the Holy Spirit with power in the inner man through his Spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you... Being rooted and firmly established in love. You see, here's the thing, saints. You and I have to choose whether we're going to believe. Satan's lies or God's truth. You and I have to choose. You see, Satan's lie is you're not holy because you've sinned. God's, lie, God's truth is you are holy because I've declared you holy in Christ. Satan's lie is, you're not blameless, you've sinned. God's truth is, you're blameless because I've declared you blameless in Christ. Satan's lie is, you're far away from God because you've sinned. God's truth is, no, you've been reconciled to me through Christ. Satan's lie is, you're just a slave to sin, you can't help it. And God's truth is, no, you've been redeemed. You've been set free from sin. Sin's no longer your master. But the, ch- the choice is, are you going to experience the strengthening in your inner man? God, Paul's saying, I'm praying that he'll grant that. It's been predetermined before the foundation of the world. God's going to do this for those who are in Christ. And I, it, the condition is, church, I'm praying that you guys will grasp who you are and experience this in your heart. I'm praying that God will grant you. So listen, as you and I pray for each other, pray that each of us will be strengthened in our walk with Christ. You know, this week, as you pray for each other, say, God, I I pray for Lillian. That she'll just take hold of the fact that she is loved by you. She'll feel your love. And I pray this week Lord, for Lois as she's going to talk to the surgeon, that in the midst of that, she will be at peace with whatever she hears. That the peace of Christ will rule in her heart. And, and, and God, I, I pray for, and we can just go down the line, that there'll be patience. I'm praying that, that in, the, in their spirit, they will, they will just rest in your soul. Because here's another way we should pray. A saint desires for other saints to be spiritually strengthened through faith. Look, listen folks. We walk by faith and not by sight. Paul says here, I pray that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. Look, you and I have to, by faith, believe that we're holy in God's sight. By faith, we have to believe that we're blameless in God's sight. By faith, we have to believe that we are freed from sin. By faith, we have to believe that we're reconciled to God. By faith, we have to believe that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. By faith, we have to believe that we are who God has said we are. We walk by faith. I was reading in Habakkuk this morning in my quiet time, and... Habakkuk's like, why, Lord? Why, Lord? I don't get this, Lord. But then Habakkuk comes back, and he just praises God. And you know, when you look at all the writers in Scripture, David and all that, they go through those, why, God? I don't understand, God. I don't get it, God. But they always come back to, I don't get it, but I know you're there. I don't understand it, but I know you're in control. And again, God never said it's going to be easy in this world. He never said we're going to be free from sickness or sorrow or pain. This is as close to hell as we get. On this planet, but what God did say is, "I will strengthen you if you'll believe my truth. I will encourage you if you will believe who you are in me. I will walk with you through this. That's what God has said." And Paul says, "I pray that the Messiah may dwell." That word literally is "take up residence." and And there's an old poem that came out. Uh, a little booklet called My Heart, Christ Home. And in this book, Robert Munger uh, pictures the saints, uh, the saint as a house, the Christian life as a house. And Jesus goes into the library, which he pictures as the mind. And Jesus finds trash full of all sorts of worthless things, and he begins to throw out the trash. And then Jesus moves into the dining room where he finds appetite, and he finds an appetite for all sorts of sinful desires. And there in the dining room, Jesus starts clearing all the the junk appetite, junk food of those sinful appetites off the table. And then Jesus goes into the living room of fellowship where he finds the the, the trash of worldly companionship and those things that we, you know, fellowship with that are unholy, and he throws those things out, and then Jesus moves into the workshop where he finds all the distractions and toys that so many times pull us away, and he wipes all those out in the closet. Jesus opens up, and he finds all the hidden sins, and he brings them out, and he throws them away. And, and that's the whole point. May Christ dwell in your heart. Just clean out the rooms. That should be our prayer for each other. A saint also desires for other saints to be spiritually strengthened in love. Go back to verse 17. I pray that you, saints being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, Jews and Gentiles, what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love, and to know the Messiah's love. That surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Again, folks, Paul's basically saying your identity comes from what you believe. And I'm praying that you will believe that God's love is inexhaustible. That the Messiah's love is inexhaustible. I'm praying that you will just be rooted in God's self-sacrificial love. You may not understand it all, but I'm praying that you'll be rooted in the fact that God gave his son for you and be rooted in that. And that's a love you cannot outrun. All right, if you're a saint who sins, look, repent. You're forgiven. Turn away from it. God's cleansed you. You haven't lost his love. He still loves you. You're still his child. It's not a love you deserved. I didn't deserve it. None of us deserves this kind of love. Be rooted in that. Again, if you're not rooted in undeserved love, then you think that somehow your behavior determines your belief. Uh, You know, but you you buy into Satan's lies. Be rooted in love. Your belief determines your behavior. It's inexhaustible love. He says, I just pray that you'll be rooted in this and you'll experience the fullness of God, that you'll be satisfied with God. And Paul goes on and he, as he's talking about this, he says now to him, God who is able to do above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ for all generations forever and ever. So here's my question. What's your desire? When you and I pray, what is the overarching desire of your prayer? And go back and look at the Lord's Prayer. You'll see this here. Give us this day our daily bread. What are we talking about? Strength. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What are we talking about? God working through us, being strong in the battle. It's, when you look at the Apostles' Prayer, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's all in the same line. You, you don't... What you see is this constant calling for the saints, the desire that the saints will be mature and be strong, and that the Holy Spirit will live through them, and that they will take hold of who they are when you pray. I want you to think back this week, just for a minute, we wrap up. What would you pray about? Lord, I pray that I'll get better. Lord, I pray that I'll get a raise. Lord, I pray. Those, those are okay But did you pray, Lord, give me self-control? I will exercise self-control because I know I have the power through Christ to do it. Give me that power. Lord, this week, I pray that you will give me gentleness because there's somebody at work that I just want to wring their neck. And I know that in Christ, I have been forgiven, so I've got to forgive. Help me to do that one. I will do it through your power. Lord, you got to help me to be kind. And I will be kind through your power. Because you've given me the power to do it. So I'm laying hold of it. Lord, give me joy. Because right now, life stinks. I got some bad stuff, some bad juju going on here. Life is not good. And Lord, I've been basing my happiness on circumstances and not in who I am and who you are. So God, every morning, I'm just going to review who I am in you. I'm going to hold on to that a thousand times a day. I may have to fight this battle every ten minutes. But I will do it through your strings. You get it? That's how a saint prays. That's a saint's desire. Let's pray. Father, it is our desire that we will grow mature in Christ. That in all these difficulties we go through in this life, that Father, you will teach us, we will sit at your feet, you will strengthen our inner person, that Christ will dwell in our hearts in all the rooms, that we will be filled with your Holy Spirit. And that people, when they see us, will say, there is something different about that man, about that woman. I pray that when we're faced with ugliness, that through the power of the Spirit, we will respond with kindness. That we will pray for our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. That we will give that cup of cold water to our personal Gentiles. Father, that we will live out our identity. Because what we believe about ourselves determines our behavior. And we believe that in Christ we are holy and blameless and adopted and reconciled and sealed and redeemed and citizens of heaven And members of your household. That is who we are. We are saints. So Lord may we live that out. Every day. I pray for the family here at Warren. That people will see this as a church. Where the saints attend. And they'll be attracted to it. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.